Welcome to the February 2020 podcast from Reflections from WT, the heart and the soul of the Texas Panhandle. My name is Randy Ray. I'm the director of broadcast engineering on campus, and today I am joined uh, by number 11, the 11th president of West Texas A&M University, Dr. Walter Windler, and we have a couple of special guests with us today. Uh, our guests today are Dr. Brad Johnson and Jeff Baylor. Dr. Johnson, let's start with you. What, what do you do on campus? You know, that's probably the most frequently asked question. (laughs) Uh, Vice President of Strategic Relations is, uh, I think of it as a a combination of kind of a external relations and special projects role. Um, I I think that uh, Dr. Wendler uh, has looked at the opportunities to leverage his own external influence uh, by... um, making sure that there's somebody on the team who can spend time with community college leaders and with uh, superintendents of schools and others to move the WT125 vision forward um, for the Texas Panhandle and beyond. So so you mentioned uh, community college. Uh, That's something you have a little experience with, right? That's true. Uh, I was uh, 23 years in Texas community colleges prior to coming to WT. And uh, in a variety of roles, I actually started as a uh, nine-month uh, academic advisor and uh, ended up uh, over in East Texas in uh, uh, community college there as president of, of Northeast Texas Community College. So it was an interesting ride through that whole spectrum of roles uh, within those institutions. Dr. Windler, does uh, Dr. Johnson work pretty closely with you on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, but he, you know, he understands the position of the CEO of the organization, even though the community college is a little different than the university, but only a matter of degree, uh, no pun intended. Um, the, the fact of the matter is that it's, uh, you're the leader. So Brad is able to, um, to run with things very nicely. And I don't have to, I don't, I don't, you know, we spark an idea and off he goes. And that's, uh, that's a, that's a, and thankfully, actually, um, the whole uh, uh, executive leadership team right now is largely that way. And I, I, I'll tell you the truth, I can't imagine uh, with a bunch of people standing around waiting for me to tell them what to do. I don't have to do that with Brad. So That's nice. Yeah, it is One nice. One thing I know that you both are pretty passionate about is student debt. Talk a little bit about that. I'll just say a word. You know, we're our debt levels are holding steady, slightly down. We're going to do more. It's funny you mentioned that today because earlier this morning I was uh, I was working on uh, dusting off um, some student debt ideas about ways to reduce student debt, and um, I think we're going to energize those. I think it's time, and uh, I, I I want students to. Uh, to leave with a debt level that's no more than 60% of their anticipated first-year starting salary. And we have people leaving with twice that. Um, and that's just not, it's, it, it, um, it uh, straps them into a job that they may not want, you know, or some, a career that they may choose not to do. And uh, we, we, uh, we're, I think generally our whole group is passionate about it. We want to be cost-effective uh, and do everything we can to help students. How do you feel about it, Dr. Johnson? 
Well, I think reflecting on the kind of the, the differences between a university mission and a community college mission, that is a very interesting part of that. But as Dr. Windler just articulated, it really comes back to the same principle. What can you reasonably anticipate you're going to be able to earn post-degree? And uh, in, in my previous life, uh, we had two um, two roles that exemplified that so clearly. So we had students who would come in earning minimum wage and leave uh, as a physical therapy assistant or an occupational therapy assistant and earn literally sixty dollars to $80,000 a year. That's a huge life-changing role. And taking some debt to achieve that goal made sense for their family. And then we had child development. Um, certificates. These people um, took care of child care centers and they, they barely made minimum wage. For them to borrow money to get that certificate made no sense at all and it was, it was a prison. But federal policy, which is part of what we're really struggling with, is uh, a one-size-fits-all approach. It believes that fairness means giving every student the same access to the same dollars instead of seeing fairness as associating the government's assistance with their ultimate goal. So Dr. Wendler has just been so forward thinking in saying we're going to have to look at all kinds of other ways to keep that obligation low. Uh, we can't wait on the federal government to change its policy. Well, I appreciate uh, that mindset from both of you. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit now. I want to talk to uh, Jeff, Jeff Baylor, uh, who I think has one of the most important jobs on campus, because if you're not doing your job, none of the rest of us have a job. So let's talk a little bit about what it's like to be director of admissions. Well, thank you. I think I have probably the best job on campus. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's my job to make sure students have access to WT and, of course, things like the scholarship program and the CARES Act funding helps us uh, provide access to students. Um, the debt issues that students face there are critical. So, you know, we're always looking for ways to help them uh, leverage their families' finances uh, and then, of course, um, you know, in these times today that we're faced with, uh, you know, anything we can do to help a student is most important for me. But for me, I think that the number one thing that we always talk about uh, within the admission staff or with the executives on campus is how are we helping students? You know, what's the best thing for students, uh, you know, future students, especially uh, we want to make sure that we're rewarding them for their success in high school. We're giving them an opportunity to attend WT. So you know, when I say I think I have one of the best jobs on campus, you know, I'm one of those guys that are often telling students, you know, um, uh, the good news. You know, you're admitted and you have an opportunity to attend and be a part of a vibrant community. So that, that's, that's a fun job. Do you travel a lot with your job? My staff travels uh, more than I do. I, I like to spend most of my time uh, in in the university. However, when Dr. Wendler goes on his tours across Region 16 or Region 17, I do uh, travel with him. So I've been out into the high schools and, and to meet the administrators and the staff and the students. So, uh, I, you know, I travel when it's necessary. He's out there, Randy, to uh, make sure I don't say something that's absolutely uh, out in the left field. <laughs> when I do, he corrects me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he corrects me. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned the CARES Act um, and how important uh, that program is. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, can, can you describe what that is? Yeah, the, you know, the CARES Act uh, was provided by um, the government to help students access education, uh, really for their immediate, immediate needs uh, during the pandemic. And uh, some of the things that they were able to, to fund or, or, well, anything really related to their cost of living, um, um, rent or food or um, access, anything that would allow them to access education, whether it be technology resources, you know, healthcare, childcare, things like that. 
so it's a very uh, flexible uh, funding source for students. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, some of the requirements for that, it's very it's actually very simple. It, you know, they have to file a FAFSA, uh, be a U.S. citizen, um, have no default on previous federal loans and be registered as a, in the selective service if they're male. Um, so very, very uh, broad or, or very simple uh, requirements to meet. But it is all COVID related. It's if, all, it, if it's the CARES Act, it's all COVID related. It, it's, 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 co- it's, it's need-based funding. Uh, so if students can show a need relative to this time during COVID, uh, they potentially would be eligible for funding. Now, well, you, you, you mentioned need-based. One thing I'd like to touch on just a little bit, and I'd like to ask all of you, Maybe to explain a little bit to people that are listening to this podcast, what is the difference between a merit-based scholarship and a needs-based scholarship? Yeah. Um, well, a merit-based scholarship is uh, it's a scholarship program um, rewarding students for what they've achieved primarily academically uh, during their high school years. Uh, we also look at other things, but ours is really focused on uh, their class rank and their ACT scores. And, and, and sometimes we look at their school curriculum. Need-based aid are students who have some type of a financial need based on the, um, the, the government guidelines. Uh, we also have some um, considerations that we can make within the state of Texas and also within the university to help students access uh, uh, education if, if their family shows that they need additional financial resources to pay for college. Yeah. Dr. Johnson, what do you think about that? Well, I might just add that, um, you know, I've already mentioned W2125, but it has transformed the way that we approach so many of these things. And so forever, um, we have told students, your best chance at a university scholarship is right out of high school. But now WT actually has a merit-based scholarship program for transfer students as well. So now a student who may have struggled through high school, not applied themselves, but they have gone to the community college, applied themselves and performed, they now have a second opportunity at a merit-based scholarship at WT. And that's uh, pretty much unprecedented territory for WT. And, and by the way, I know, I know you have to take a break, but by the way, I will say that the uh, our number of transfer students this this spring is up. It's not. It's not huge, but it's up, and uh, you know that's good. The graduate enrollments were up too, but but the transfer enrollments are up, which is one of my goals, because it helped. I mean, the, the best way to get students to go to school debt free is to either have a four and a high average test score, high uh, standardized test scores. But another way is to start at a community college, like I did. Um, and I'm not going to talk about myself, but there's a lot of people that start a community college and then go on and, you know, have a, have a great career. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about how scholarships tie into WT-125. Can we do that? They're nodding their heads. We'll be back in one minute. West Texas A&M University is proud to call the Texas Panhandle home, and providing the top 26 counties with opportunity and qualified graduates is an important WT mission. From their first experience on campus to graduation day, the WT experience is a challenging series of steps that will embolden our students to reach their full potential, and then, in turn, go out into the Panhandle and make a difference. Quality education with a big local return is one thing you can find here at WT. For more information about West Texas A&M University, visit our website at WTAMU.edu. West Texas A&M University is 
A student body that learns by doing and is always seeking opportunity. Talented and accomplished faculty that teach both in and out of the classroom. Programs that provide timeless information and meet the challenges of today's world. Facilities rich in technology as well as WT history. Now is the time to strengthen connections and open doors for tomorrow's leaders. Share your experience, share your heritage, share your pride. Welcome back to Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. Dr. Windler, how important is scholarships? How important are scholarships uh, connected to WT-125? Well, I think they're exceedingly important because we have set out some targets in WT-125, areas that we want to focus the university on. Beef, water, um, the uh, leadership and management of uh, smaller schools, uh, health care in the rural regions of the Texas Panhandle, and so on. And I think to the extent that we can provide scholarship opportunities, it will reinforce those initiatives. So I think they're very important. And, and we get students then that are... Uh, headed in the same direction that the university is headed in. And I, I think the, the WT125 is a pretty careful assessment. Remember, we had hundreds of people involved from all over the panhandle, half from on campus, half from off campus. So these are people that have a have a affinity for the university. Of course, those that work here generally are fairly favorable. And then from outside, and they want the university to be successful. They are anxious for the university to be successful. So the scholarship to reinforce that uh, direction of the institution that's uh, identified in uh, 125. wonder, man, and uh, you guys, this is a tough question. wonder what percentage of our students have at least a scholarship. Would you, would you guys know how to guess at that? Yeah. Uh, it's fairly significant. That's you what know, I would think. I, yeah. You know, the number that's popping into my mind, and I, I've looked at this number several times, there is around 40, over 40 percent. Um, which is which is significant when you think of the amount of money students receive per student. In uh, that, and you know, of course, when we looked at that, that's why we enhanced our scholarship program this year. And, and this this CARES uh, grant that we got, which was uh, we were talking in the break around two point eight million dollars, which is going to be very helpful to a lot of students. And it's and we talked; it's kind of up to our discretion how we dole that out, which is is nice that it uh, that it's very open like that. Dr. Winter, I wanted to ask you about another scholarship. Um, Chancellor Sharp's uh, wife recently passed away, and uh, which was uh, we were all very sad about that. But uh, one thing that you helped initiate is a scholarship in her honor. Would you talk a little bit about that? Yes, we did. Uh, actually, it was Todd Raspberry's idea, and a very good one, uh, as a means to recognize the contribution that. Uh, Charlotte has made uh, to both the state of Texas and, of course, to the Texas A&M University system. And, uh, you know, frequently the, the spouse is quietly uh, toiling away at various things, and we felt like it was a good opportunity to, uh, um, to recognize that. Uh, we committed uh, $25,000 to endow, which is a modest scholarship, but we're we're getting a fairly significant participation now, and that that number is growing. Um, and uh, my guess is that it'll reach uh, fifty thousand dollars before it's done. And that so, is a merit scholarship, as opposed yes. to what we're talking about. Yes, it's merit based. Yes. Yep. Do any of you have a story that you could tell us uh, about a student that needed a scholarship and got one? Do you have one that comes to mind? Yeah, we have many of them. Let's, let's hear. Well, one. you know, I'll give you an example of, of something that happened recently. I was uh, 
I was in the hallway of Old Main and I saw a family. I saw a family sitting in the hallway, um, mother, father, and daughter. And uh, mother was on her phone. Dad was sitting uh, patiently and daughter had her head in her hands. Uh, just looked like she was, you know, she wasn't having a very good day. Uh, when I approached her, I found out that, you know, she was struggling to pay her bill, right? And um, uh, the mother was on the phone trying to access a parent plus loan, so additional loan money. Uh, so we, I walked her down. The, I asked the student if she'd come down and talk with me. I walked her down the hall. She met with the scholarship office, and we immediately identified a funding source, that we, and she had the uh, academic background to qualify for a scholarship. We funded the entire balance with a scholarship and the parent, parents did not have to borrow any more money and we got her signed up for the next term. And that's just one example of students. Students don't always know where to go or how to get additional funding. And I want to go back to a question you asked earlier. I, I said 40%. I was thinking the merit-based scholarship. We also have academic scholarship across our, our colleges that students earn once they're here. So that that I'm sure that percentage is much greater that greater than that. I was thinking more on the uh, the incoming uh, first year student scholarship. So so anyway, that would be one story, and there are many stories like that yeah. that we experience. You know, when when we were out on the road visiting 132 schools, I told them a number of things, and one of the things that I said was, if you don't believe that you're uh, you're qualified to receive a scholarship. You're not because you won't fill out the form. You'll look at the form and say, ah, there's no sense in doing this. I'm not a great scholar. Well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I tell people, spend a couple of hours, fill out the FAFSA forms and then any other applications and get them in. And then if you have a question, if you think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Go to our scholarship office. There's people over there that are willing to help. And a lot of times it's just there and it lays there. I'll give you an example. Uh, Two years ago, on uh, on the Pell Grants, which everybody understands, they're, they're grants for needy students. They're not loans; they're grants. They they give these are federal they dollars. Yeah, they give yeah. it to you. Nationwide, two point four billion B a B billion dollars left on the table. Nobody asked. That caused Governor Abbott to say every student in Texas high school, unless they have an objection of some kind, will fill out a FAFSA form because that might uh, reduce their college indebtedness and be good for them and good for the state of Texas and good for our economy. And there was money left on the table, $2.4 billion. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it really is. One of the things you talked about, Dr. Wendler, is you in students need to apply because you never know if you're going to get it or not, right? Right. My, I, I, I'll tell you this. My wife and I established a scholarship. Uh, it's called a dig-in scholarship. And all it is is we just need you to be involved. We don't even look at grades. We just want you involved with different organizations across campus, digging in and getting involved with college. So That's a good thing. And by the way, Jeff will tell you all day long, so will Brad, that the students that get involved do better. Their GPAs are yeah, higher. Absolutely. They're less, believe that prone, less prone to go out and uh, drink and do things that you know, would, would subtract or somehow diminish uh, their attention to their studies. So, All right. You guys ready for my traditional curveball? You ready? Uh, over the Christmas break, my son-in-law asked me this, so I'm going to ask you guys this. If you, if you started some kind of retail business, what, what do you think it would be? If you got out of higher education and started a retail business, what, what would you do? You want me to go first on this one? Yeah, you go first. <laughs> I eat oatmeal for breakfast seven days a week, and I always eat at the house. 
I, and they have these little packages <clears throat> of oatmeal that you can buy and you put hot water in them. I told Mary, if, if it was up to me, and I, if I was 40, I'd be doing this, I'd start an, a drive through oatmeal stand, basically. You know how people <laughs> line up at the coffee shops? Yeah. Get, get oatmeal, too. And you could have it, and you could order it. Like I eat sometimes with almonds, sometimes uh, with pecans, sometimes with walnuts. I put all kinds of stuff in it, sometimes with the frozen fruit, sometimes with uh, oranges in it, and mix so it all like up. It's kind of like the yogurt thing, except it's yeah, oatmeal. Yeah, except it's oatmeal. And you know what? We wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd be a rich man. Well, okay. <laughs> Dr. Johnson, what about you, sir? What kind of retail store do you think you would like to operate? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, they opened a Starbucks at the end of my block uh, this, this uh, oh, maybe three, four months ago. And uh, every day when I leave home, there is a line of cars out there. So I can tell you one thing I'd look very seriously at would be a Starbucks franchise about anywhere because it's pretty incredible what throughput they, they generate on that. But are you a you coffee drinker? You can just drinker? peddle oatmeal no. out of that thing, too. <laughs> oatmeal and coffee. Oatmeal there we go. Coffee, yeah, I mean, Jeff, know. your turn. What would you do? That's a really tough question. I, I know it. Um, I think I would open a drive through uh, pickled egg stand. How about that? And I'm going to ask you another question. That's good. You'd have, plenty of, you'd have plenty of free well, listen, time. You can volunteer and recruit. Yeah, all the, the way I look at it, this is the curveball, right? So, uh, you're so throwing I'm one throw back, one back so, yeah. at you. So, so, you know, I just tell you. So right now I'm trying, I'm trying to cut some weight like everybody at the first of the year. So I'm eating a lot of uh, pickled eggs. So that's the only thing really on my mind that I can think of to sell right now. You know what? I would, get, I would go to your store because I like pickled eggs. Yeah. I do that myself. They're yeah. good. Yeah. Well, this may be the strangest curveball I've ever thrown and some of the strangest answers. So we're going to have a pickled egg, oatmeal, and coffee stand here outside of the campus uh, any day now. So anyway. Thank you guys for joining us. It was a good day today. Thanks and, so much, Randy. And, and thank you guys for joining us for Reflections from WT, the heart and soul of the Texas Panhandle. We'll see you next time.